and that rhymes with P, and that stands for pool. It's if you're listening, one person's mission to force a friend to listen to all the music he avoided in high school. My name is Ramsey. And Heather, what was that one? That was me attempting to remember a line from The Music Man, the classic musical by Meredith Wilson from the 1960s. Oh, well, I can't imagine why you couldn't remember it, because you weren't alive. <laughs> That's never stopped me from knowing. Do you do, do, you do that every music. time? He comes I up with some something random. Of, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. In lieu of a actual tagline. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, that's fair. Well, let's get into it. We have a returning guest, friend. Wow, Zach Zrillo, known for artist management, <laughs> among other things. Hi, Zach. Once a blogger. Yeah, you once could, a blogger. Just, you can just call me a, a retired blogger. Yeah, reti- <laughs> retired blogger, amongst others. There was some great pop punk drama this week, and I was like, man. I wanted to. I, I missed it. I was like, I'm ready to. I'm ready to jump in. I missed the Let pop punk drama. Blogs. Oh, yeah. Heather! I, even I know some of the punk pop punk drama. I don't know any of the pop punk drama. Where have I been? Having COVID. That's where. But what? Oh man! All right. Well, you guys can tell me later. How many? How many repeat guests have you had? Mm. A, a few. A handful. Yeah, a handful. So you're in an uh, an elite club. <laughs> I, I'm sensing the next question, and I'm sorry to say you're not in the lead currently, but you're not far I away. Want, I don't want. I don't want to do this again. <laughs> okay. No. Okay. no. Good, good, good. This is this is your last one. This is your last one. In fact, he's leaving now. Yeah. To be fair, there was only one other album that I was like, "This this is one Zach should do." We're, there were only three that I was like, "Zach needs to do these albums," but you know, we'll we'll see. This was this was one of them though. I've been saving this one for you, um, Zach. Do you want to tell Ramsey what album we're doing today? Oh right. And do you know? You don't know. Mm-mm. I that don't was know. like the thing, right? And yeah. okay, I'm remembering. <laughs> Right, okay. That's how you know I'm a great guest. As only a repeat guest can remember, right. yeah. Right, okay. So, let me try to get this right. I'm really ignorant about music. I only listen to pop-punk music, emo music, and music that sounds like Phoebe Bridgers or Bonnie Bear. Yeah, nothing okay. else. Yes. You like music, but you don't listen to any music like that. And you don't, <laughs> you don't, you don't, you don't like any of the bullshit that Heather also likes. Uh, there is some crossover once it gets poppier, but yeah. what you have described for yourself, it sounds like you're the alternate universe version of me. Yeah, correct. Okay, great. <laughs> so should I say what this is now? Yes, go for it. Okay. Ramsey, we are going to talk about my favorite album of all time. Ooh. An, an Which album is that wild. I have, <laughs> an album that I have tattooed uh, mm-hmm. on my body. Mm-hmm. An album that changed my life. It's by a band that just had another <laughs> album of theirs turn 23 today. And that's oh, kind of shit. like, a, that's, kind, that's kind of a hint. I think you might get it then. I think, Ramsey, you could get it. Let's see, Ramsey, can you guess from that hint? Uh, is the date important or the 23 is important? 23. The age 23 is important. Mm. It's pop punk. Okay. Oh, um, is this Blink-182? Sure is. Ramsey's yeah. honestly probably just shocked there's still more Blink-182 albums for us to do. You might you might be familiar with Blink-182 because one of the members is now a Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Ramsey has heard me talk about Travis Barker a lot. <laughs> I can name three acts he's currently producing and possibly more. I may have lowballed it. Yeah. Um, I might actually know which album we haven't covered that this could be. Okay, go ahead. Do you mind me guessing, Zach, or is please, that taking wind please. out of your sails? I have no wind left in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
is this Dude Ranch? No. Okay. Well, but I'll but, come back. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. You'll come back. Okay, we got you back. Well, but here, I think this is an important fact. Uh, Zach is my youngest friend who is a very old man because Zach is younger than us, Ramsey. And so Dude Ranch... Dude Ranch was older. Like, that wasn't even okay. my Blink-182 so album. So, Dude Ranch... Dude Ranch came out when I was three years old. <laughs> I, I'll I hate honestly that. hate you. I hate you. <laughs> so, I was born in 93. Dude Ranch <laughs> came out in 96. Anima yeah. came out in... 90, oh, 97. So, I was four. Anima... I, I assume you've just done Anima of the State and take off your pants and jacket. We... Let's actually... We have I done believe, both of those. Yes. Yeah, um, so that was... So, those are the two albums... Those are the three albums that came before Untitled, which is Correct. the album we're going to be doing. Yes. Untitled. Untitled. Yes. Yeah, and so Enema of the State is my Blink-182 album, because that was when I was, like, in middle school. So that makes complete sense. Um, um, wait, sorry, sorry, sorry. I know you're about to launch into something, but please. I just need to get my timeline straight. Actually, <laughs> two questions. Yeah, go. Is it titled Untitled, or it's just Untitled? No, this is a great point of clarification. <laughs> Zach. So... <laughs> It was left untitled. Okay. Wow. So there's kind of like an annoying debate. So pe- because of that, you know, you have to say something. So yeah, right. it was just labeled Blink-182. Right. Um, it's like your blue so, album, your white album. Yes. So then some people reference it to this day as self-titled. And Zach uh, will correct them. But, <laughs> and I will. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it is untitled, and all the members, multiple times over the now 20 years next year, mm-hmm. have reiterated that it is untitled. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that feel, have they explained why they've left it untitled? So the two albums you've done, and maybe you know Dude Ranch too, are obviously very pop-punky, right? And uh, are like a lot of the reason why all the other pop-punky stuff exists. Mm-hmm. Um Untitled was Blink's mature album, and it was their last album before they broke up. Okay. Um, and then I, I realized, actually, thinking about this the other day, all the albums I would come back for are all Blink Blink Two side projects, probably. So well, I'm not Peter sure if you did know. Do Boxcar, Boxcar Racer? So yeah. Okay. So Ramsey is familiar with that one. Well, no, he's not. He That's also so, definitely so forgot just it. Strong <laughs> use of that word. Yeah. Okay, but but that that's important. That's important, Ramsey, because Boxcar Racer. Their only album came out the year after Take Off Your Pants and Jacket and the year before Untitled. So they had a really crazy run where 99 was Enema of the State, 2001 was Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, 2002 was Boxcar Racer, and 2003 was Untitled. So it was this really crazy run. I have not Googled anything. Boxcar Racer was Tom DeLonge. And Uh, Travis Barker. And Travis Barker and the d- future drummer of Blink One Eighty Two appears on it as well, or is that a different thing? <laughs> Travis Barker is the is, drummer. Of Blink you're mix- oh, you're you're mixing up. Oh, the future guitarist Matt Skiba. That's what I'm mixing <laughs> okay. up. Yes. Okay. He, okay. he he is not on the box car. Racer. I don't know why mm-hmm. I made that up. Okay. There maybe you, there's. You have a lot this, of Blink One Eighty Two facts in your head for someone yeah. who doesn't listen to Blink One Eighty Two. To be fair, I just wanted Pretty. to show that I was familiar with Boxcar Racer <laughs> as, as advertised. This might be more knowledge than my wife knows, and she's heard me talk about this band for uh, twelve years. Um, the other interesting thing, or whatever, about Boxcar Racer was that it sewed a riff, a, a rift in between the band because Mark was upset he was not asked to be a part of the That's project. Right. 
But Boxcar Racer was also much more political for Tom and no like dick jokes. So <laughs> un- Untitled matched that new energy. Um, and it was also, you know, you're in like in a post 9-11 world, a George Bush world. Um, and Tom specifically, I think, was starting to get much more like politically minded. Not that Untitled is a political record, but I think that energy country-wise plus post-boxcar racer really seeped into Untitled. And by political, we mean I want the government to release the alien files. Definitely that. <laughs> yes, definitely. I mean, he was a, he's a pioneer. Yes. Well, and it's like, you know, everyone did make fun of him, and uh, turns out he was right. Oh, that is fair. <laughs> the whole time. Um, so, okay, this album, I have listened to it. Um, this is, I was already in college when this came out, so I was a little bit out of my pop punk phase. I was maybe a little more emo at this time, but like this album has some of the most iconic songs on it, I would say for sure. Mm. Or at least one of the most iconic Blink-182 songs for sure. Interesting. Um, I'm curious how much of this- that's the opening song? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh, you you mean track three. Yes, um, yes. Which, I'm, which Ramsey, you must know. So, well, I, I'm, I would be shocked. I would, I say this a lot, but I would be genuinely shocked if you did not I, know this. Song. I do kind of feel like I'm out of iconic Blink One Eighty Two songs that we'll, we've done we'll on the show. We'll get there. So, yeah, I'm we'll get there. Well, and and okay, Zach. So, how did you get into? So, is was this your entry point for Blink One Eighty Two? My entry point into pop punk was. Uh, I was like nine and my best friend who was my best man at the wedding who was three years older than me played mm-hmm. me played me in too deep by some 41 mm-hmm. and it like t- I had never heard anything like that and that was a that's how that started yep and then in sixth grade I had this friend named Nick in, in school I went to an all-boy private rich kid Gossip Girl School on Gossip the Girl side. School <laughs> yeah um, and you know it was like whatever's popular so like 50 Cent was really popular, but I never stopped liking yeah. In Too Deep, and that's all I ever liked. Um, so he handed me one day a CD copy of Untitled and something corporate. I remember going to an FYE in sixth grade and buying a copy of, every, uh, buying a copy of Everything in Transit yeah. on like 59th in Lexington. And so I don't know how it happened. I just fell for... You know, I fell for Blink. I fell for uh, Viva La Bam. Ugh. You know, like, like iconic. The, I would say two things that genuinely shaped my life were Blink One Eighty Two and Viva La Bam, just Incredible. like that. And that was specifically a culture that I had no access to. Mm-hmm. I grew up a very privileged life, but that was just like not. I didn't have the access yeah. to that. So I, you know, it was really curious to me how they dressed, how they looked. I really wanted to get my lip pierced like Tom Long had his lip pierced. I, you know, had real Jewy hair growing up. I really wanted to have long hair like Tom did. Like that was, you know, that was like a boy band to me, how it is for young girls. Um, And then I just became obsessed. Like I had a really obsessed personality when I was a kid. Like, you know, I would, I, I fell in love with that 70s show and then I wanted to know everything about that 70s show, right? Just like things like that. Cause yeah. I, I lived a, also like a sheltered life or whatever. So at one point, I mean, I must've been pretty 
it must have been early YouTube. I genuinely feel like I had watched every single Blink-182 video that existed on YouTube. <laughs> you know, that's all. I was just obsessed. Um, uh, and then that ultimately I, I started my blog because mm-hmm. I was on a Blink-182 fan forum. Um, and that led me to starting my blog, which led me to meeting my wife, like, which led wow. me to being a manager and a record, yeah. you know, my whole life traces back to being handed that CD. I thought that was going to, which led to me being a man. After <laughs> that I'm, still, I'm still working on that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, okay. So Blink-182 is the reason you have your entire career. That's great. And Bam, you know, I'm glad Bam is doing better. Oh, I, I hope, didn't have that I update. I hope he is. I hope yeah, that's he's, true. He's out of rehab and seems to be doing well on Instagram. Okay. Um, love that for him. Um, all right. Anything else? Oh, we got to do album art. We got to do the album art. Please show me that, that album art. That Zach has told us he has tattooed on his body. Oh, yeah. Wait, can I just see the tattoo? Would that be easy? <laughs> I feel like I don't remember what this is on. So I just have the logo. I don't have like the blade okay. or, col- or the colors. Yeah. And I'll give you some f- some further fodder. Which Please. when Blink reunited in 2009, they added, to everyone's chagrin, a sixth arrow. Oh. Why? And I don't I don't know, because they're like, we're going to make a sixth album. Untitled was their fifth album. Oh, okay. Oh. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, though, that they didn't add a seventh and eighth and that whatever. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, well, that would eventually get to be a very absurd logo. Yeah. It would just look so like you, a sun. The, yeah. posers, the posers are people that are, are six arrow people. Oh, oh, okay, okay, all right. So yes, that was my second tattoo. Uh, okay, bold second tattoo, just a full-on uh, band logo. I mean, my first tattoo is a brand new logo, which is now more bold. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> okay. Would fair it be enough. safe to say that the typeface for the Blink One Eighty Two is like kind of like a classic British punky kind of look to it? Kinda, that- yeah. Kind of, and a lot of the artwork is very, or like the photos from the albums are very, like I would say, Cure inspired. Mm. Mm. Interesting. More like dark street LA. Yeah. Oh, for the listeners who can't see this. Oh, sure. We've got like a smiley face with X's for eyes in a circle that has five arrows around it, and then no uh, posers here. No posers here. Um, Heather, help me with the colors, because oh, it's like a teal and a like a neon pink. Help you with the colors because you're colorblind. Uh, that looked purple to me. Mm. Scroll, scroll down a little bit, Heather. Yeah. See, like, those are kind of a vibe oh, of yeah. the mm. photos. That's the back cover. Children. Look at these children. <laughs> they, they, they were young back then. Young. That guy doesn't know Jaden yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Well, because he probably wasn't born yet. No, definitely um, not. All right. I kind of like this album art. It's um, simple. Definitely simple. The colors have aged worse in time. You know, like... Mm. um, Yeah. I I feel like in some ways you could be like, was this a neon scene album, Heather? That's fair. Which Ramsey does know because that is not a genre I enjoy. But the logo just... Ramsey, this also became their new logo. Yes. Old logo was a a really ragged-looking bunny. <laughs> which, oh, which, which, our, which our friend Jason Peanut Parent yeah. had tattooed on him with three X with uh, straight edge X's, but then he broke edge and, <laughs> had to, and had to get the tattoo covered up. Is that a law in the community? Mm, Legal- it's legally. frowned upon. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. St- stolen valor. Kinda. Yeah, 
basically. Okay. Yeah. Oh, actually, that's a great way of putting it. Kind of is. Um, yeah, damn. Good job, Ramsey. Understanding straight edge culture. Um, shall Thank we play you. this? The album with no name. Let us play it. Yeah, the album with no name. Okay. I kind of forget this song exists. <laughs> so, Ramsey, this is my favorite song of all time. Okay. This is? Of all time. This is the best Blink-182 song and the best pop-punk song of all time. Wow. It's the best Blink-182 song for several reasons. Am I allowed to talk now? Yeah, please. Okay, okay. One, it's about Honestly, sex. Honestly, you have to or we'll get taken down, so go ahead. <laughs> okay. so, so, so what makes a, quint- a quintessential Blink song is a good riff about sex, dual vocals. Yeah. And potentially a great bridge or something like that. Oh, so this one this does song, mm. So, Randy, how this song came about was... This album was also the only record they ever recorded like this. Before, it was kind of like, not we're broke, but just going to the studio for two weeks and come out with a record. Yeah. Okay. They rented a, they rented a house in San Diego for a whole year and experimented and all that. And so, um, Tom and Mark one day were like, let's go write a song and for an hour and see what we come back with and they both wrote a song about sex and they put it together <laughs> um so you have your riff you have your sex the chorus is amazing this chorus it and is. then the then the end is really cool they they sync up uh two different choruses and there's great trade-off vocals the music video also iconic it is a jail or like a juvenile facility filled with like horny teenage guys and girls that like have their heads shaved and stuff because they're like in juvie and like Blink is playing like in a helipad and like they break all the horny kids like break free and it's a it's just an iconic video for me. All right, uh, I haven't I haven't watched it in so long and I feel like I could tell you every scene. Yeah, um, you can download all of YouTube into your brain at one point. Yeah. Yeah, so this is Feeling This. It is probably a top 10 most popular Blink song. Ooh, it's it? hard because it's hard because they have so many hits. Yeah. On Spotify, it's number seven. Um, which, uh, but, do you know which part is Tom versus which part is Smart? Yeah, Tom, Tom oh, is the, nas- Tom is the nasal one. Um, this is where they're merged. But okay. the, the, the lower vocal is Mark. The really nasal one is Tom. Gotcha. Also, this song is seventh most popular on Spotify. But but live it's a live it's a banger. Like they oh. usually start they usually yeah. start with this song. Heather has played me an interpolation of this song. Oh yeah. Performed that was Jaden one right? Jaden yeah. yeah yeah. So that is have, the first time I heard that song. What's when I we heard that one? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so this is obvious. Um, this is like I would say a fan favorite on the album. Um, the the guitar tones on this song are really cool. Tom used like a guitar that was basically like breaking in front of him, but it's re- re- like this. It's like really muddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the type of thing you hear feeling this, and you're like, oh, this is like. A, bl- a pop punk blink song on steroids, but then you hit obvious, and you're like, oh, like this is a different album, maybe. Like they, ne- this is much more a boxcar racer 
Yeah. Then take off your pants and jacket, if that makes sense. It does. Um, so, and it's it's very confrontational. There's mm. confrontational songs on this album where the subject matter, even if Tom isn't like poetic or a genius writer, like, you know, like take on, then take off your pants and jacket. Like they're talking about popping a chick in a parking lot. Uh, <laughs> where like, you know, that's not the matter on this album. And this, I think, feeling this was the first single. Um, and then the other two singles ahead of the release were Down and I Miss You. Mm-hmm. Um, and Down and I Miss You are very different songs that we'll get to. But, you know, this starts to build into something different. Dude, I've never yeah. heard this song. And if you played me this breakdown, I would not guess that this is Blink-182. Yeah, this is crazy. Wait until Stockholm Syndrome. Okay. Because uh, I don't know that I've ever listened to this album front to back. Which is crazy because... Well... Yeah, 2003? No. This would have been after I had hamsters named after Blink-182. So, <laughs> after that phase of my life. What were the names? Uh, there were two, and they were named Hoppus and Barker. Poor Tom. So- Sorry, Tom! <laughs> <laughs> named Hoppus and Adam Song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I think just because the moving into a house to record an album made me think of Beastie Boys doing Paul's Boutique together. Yeah. I think Mark is the ad rock of Blink 182. <laughs> uh, please please I'm elaborate. Really ignorant. I'm really ignorant about Beastie Boys. So. I'm not ignorant about it either, so please elaborate. Just, I think it's mostly vocal tone, but uh, just in terms of like, that edge, that more aggressive okay. style. Okay, all right. Um, okay, so Ramsey, this is the one. I don't know what to. I I don't know what to do if you don't know this song. Oh, potential final episode. <laughs> like, if if nothing else, also because it's a so, meme. Also, I want to just say that this is Mark singing. Okay. Oh yeah, the lower yeah. And, and this is also quintessential in the trade-offs. This does ring a bell. Okay. I this song. We'll wait for the chorus to confirm for sure, but yeah. Okay. yeah. The song is offensive when it is Matt Skiba singing it. Mm. I don't like Everything it. is offensive with Matt Skiba. <laughs> it's th- but like of all, oh, this one in particular is very rough. This one I remember being like played everywhere. The summer this, that this, this was came Blink's out. most like popular song ever in a yeah. sense. Obviously, like all the small. This was their most successful radio campaign ever. Hmm. Oh, I um, that. This song was massive right away. It was also like the creepiest, as a however old I was, like music video I had seen. It's a, Ooh. it's like in a haunted old mansion. It's like the first time I ever saw like. A, I know this is insane to say now, but like. A woman with armpit hair. You know, like it was like it yeah. was like a creepy vibe. Like spot. This is Tom, by the way. Um, and yeah, I think it was just a massive hit. But also, this yeah. is their most. This is like Blink's first and maybe second love song ever. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I do know this. Okay. Thank God. <laughs> What's the name of the song? I miss you. Okay. So, great song. 
it has the trade-offs it has like a you know like an aim message chorus right um yeah great song i still i i realize that part of this is because of the circles i run in but i feel like this song is still so popular like it's all over tiktok i feel like i just feel like it is still very relevant with the general population more memeable yeah exactly and and he likes it yeah yeah they play into it yeah and it's just a good it's just a good pop song yeah it is yeah so ramsey you have heard this song is the best you can say that's the best i can say i this okay 2003 is like right out of high school. I'm not yeah. listening to much radio, so yeah, it was harder for me to absorb new music during this time. Yeah, am I hearing strings on this song? Uh, yeah, yeah. so the, it's a it's the strings and Mark used like a stand up bass. I think to record some of it, oh, or wow. at least in the, in the music video, it's a stand up bass. Um, and yeah, uh, like strings had never been on a Blink song before. Yeah, that doesn't feel right to me. <laughs> I feel like I say this a lot on the show with this type of song, but do you think that this was in any way a reaction to the success of that uh, Good Riddance Green Day song? You know, they had just toured together um, around the same... They, they toured together really when Good Riddance came out. Um, uh, it was called the Pop Disaster Tour. It's probably yeah. the most famous pop punk tour of all time. Yeah. It was Blink, Green Day, and Jimmy Eat World. Yeah, Heard so that was a that was a big tour. Um, this song is called "Violence." Um, it is like "Obvious," which is the second song where it's a lot crunchier, yeah, and uh, very loud and more like punk singing. Yeah, um, I love this song too. This also has like a chorus, kind of like "I Miss You" in terms of like the away message type of chorus. Hmm. Um, yeah, I had never heard... The other thing, when I started listening to music in sixth grade, I'm just going to name some bands that Ramsey has never heard of. Um, That's fine. He's probably so had to the, listen to them on this podcast, I, but has no I'm recollection. Count, yeah. So, no, 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 you haven't. The first artist I ever heard, like, scream, like, was uh, Story of the Year. Sure. I didn't know, like, you could do that. Then, <laughs> I didn't know it was allowed. <laughs> and, and then the used... Um, We've done the used. And, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Ramsey. You did not love it. You know, you hated it. (laughs) Yeah, that's totally fine. (laughs) Um, And then I think that was a little bit, but then like hearing Obvious and Violence and Stockholm Syndrome, those are songs where I was like, then like ready. And I was like, oh my God, like this is cool to be like a little edgier, not just glossy pop punk. So. What is this? Yeah, that's Travis. Oh Heather, yeah. Is this is this rap? No. <laughs> still not rap. Okay. How often is is Travis on a song not drumming? Oh no, sorry. That was Tom singing. I just meant like that's that's oh. not like Travis's. I meant that's not like Travis's influence. Uh, oh, of being spooky? <laughs> yeah. So I I want to make a programming note here. Um, Please. Heather, you're you're looking at violence on Spotify. Yeah. You'll see that the fifth song is Interlude. An interlude. 
on the CD and originally, I think honestly until recently. Um, so I, how, when, how I grew up in my time with this record <laughs> is that Stockholm Syndrome's interlude was actually tacked on to the end of violence. Got it. Okay. okay. So there would be this one minute and 40 long uh, interlude, which is um, an actor reading a letter that Mark's grandfather wrote to his grandmother in World War II. Oh, wow. Okay. About, you know, never coming home again or whatever. Um, and then that leads into Stockholm Syndrome. But it, it's just been interesting and now the Spotify era that they formally split those up. Interesting. We sometimes, because obviously of the era of songs we, or albums we do, come across albums that have secret songs. And it's always interesting to see what Spotify has done with them. Like on, actually speaking of Green Day, they pulled out the secret song on Dookie, which is insane that it's its own track. Like no one wants that as its own track. It is insane as a closing track. Yeah, so this is the interlude now. I like this. This is something like I don't really ever skip because I think like, I don't know. It, I think it's sentimental to me, but we we could skip this. <laughs> I am fine to skip listening to a letter being read. <laughs> yeah, it's just the thing I like best is Ken Burns documentaries, and you're taking it away from me. Bye. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so this song is the whoever loves this album. This is like their secret favorite song. Okay. Okay. This is like as aggro as Blink ever gets. <laughs> it's good news for you, Ramsey. Yeah, that this is this is the top level I have to worry yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. And this is Stockholm Syndrome. Yes. Already yeah. a scary concept. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So what I love part about like the myth of this album or whatever is that they had this guy with them named Cheetah who like filmed the whole album process. Okay. I don't know why. I don't know why that was his nickname. Uh, <laughs> it ended up, it was like a Blink, uh, sorry, it's like an MTV documentary and stuff like that. But what was really special to me growing up is that there are a couple songs, including Stockholm Syndrome, where there was film of watching Mark and um, Tom write the lyrics. Yeah. Mm. And so you could like there's these videos online and like I have like ripped audio from fucking 12 years ago of that and so like sometimes I'll like sing the different version of this or the the 10th track Um, but it's just cool to have that kind of archival stuff yeah that's (laughs) such a cool window that you don't ever get I do like that Uh, this is, the, go ahead, okay. Ramsey. Oh, no, 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 just, no, go ahead. The, the image of them writing this together, I was imagining, I, I'm not going to get the names right, but one of them saying lyrics, and then the other one doing the the yelly part that was happening earlier, just of, like, the two words. Hmm. Yeah, like that. <laughs> Thank you. Perfect example, song. Yeah, really what you see on the video is them, like, um, taking the 
the, like the kick drum, the thing that like actually hits the the big drum, and patting it against each other's balls. That's really what's. <laughs> oh my god. Viva la bam. So that so that's like a really short song, and it's just like it's a great song. Every like hardcore fan of this record loves that song. Um, this is the third single, and really what ended up, eh, I guess, ended up being the second to last single from the album. It's called Down, more straightforward, but in the same vibe. I really love this song. It's definitely a simple song. Follows the formula of the two vocals and what's working. Uh, they shot this video through like uh through like the streets of LA and stuff mm-hmm. it's kind of like a cop chase thing fun time <laughs> also like beastie boys <laughs> yes true yeah this was like this is where like travis brought in a lot of his influence i think like he wanted to work with more i think like more street artists street yeah. visual artists so like the video for this I, I think travis picked out all the photographers and videographers for the album really and so he put much more of his hand on the visuals. I was going to say I, that the drumming sounded the most like the Travis stuff that I've heard. Well, <laughs> like the modern day stuff, you mean? Right. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. That's that's the Travis era I'm most familiar sure. with. Yeah. Every time I make you listen to Machine Gun Kelly. This laid the groundwork. There you go. That's why. For quarantine. Sorry, Heather, I cut you off. And I just did it again while I was trying to set you up. No, you're quite all right. Uh, no, it is interesting. I mean, I, I do agree, obviously. Like, this. I have made Ramsey listen to a lot of Travis Barker projects because it's a good tie back for me to listen to current songs um, if I can tie them back to Travis. But yeah, this, this does sound like an evolution in his drumming on this, which is like some of the most distinct drumming I think I of anyone alive right now that's drumming for sure yeah and then this is like a classical Tom kind of verse um yeah this is this single was definitely not the biggest of the three but it was also still definitely popular yeah I don't know this one I've never heard it yeah interesting these downs are ringing a bell for me, actually. Nope. Not not the rest of it, but... What, what album... What was after this album? So they broke up. Yeah. And then they each did Plus 44 and Angels yep. Airways, and then and then they released Neighborhoods. Oh, yes, 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 okay. And Neighborhoods is the last one with them on it. The three mm-hmm. of them. Without Skiba. <laughs> yeah. So we can skip this next song. It's a it's an actual proper interlude. Okay. Um, which again, really weird for a pop punk band to do, right? Like, it's a jazzy, weird, funky hmm. interlude that's really Travis drum heavy. This is what it is. So it's um, it's like two minutes of this. Interesting. Well, that is so. Interesting. It is, I mean, I feel like Travis did get into the weirdest stuff um, during that breakup between these two albums. Yeah, and you know, he was doing the transplants at the time, too. Um, all right, so this is the most 
punk song on the album. Okay. It's two minutes. It's called Go. It's like a high schooly <laughs> song. Um, the, yeah, the transmit, but I was also thinking about this. Uh, what was it called? The thing he was doing with DJ AM? That was after. But that was yeah. after Neighborhood? That was before Neighborhood, but after Untitled. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Travis got into that when Blink broke up. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so this was a fun song. This is probably the worst song on the album, but it's just like a fun song. It's much more like a Dude Ranch type of song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this sounds just like traditional Blink. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we started recording, you, you guys said this was a double album? Is that right? Oh, just that, like, it's two pieces of vinyl. Oh, okay. It would I have wish. been one CD still, though. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They wanted to call this album... Uh, What's the fucking... I think it's Metallica or Guns N' Roses, but they wanted to call this album Use Your Erection Part 1 and 2. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that does sound like a more classic Blink-182 album title yeah. to me. Yeah. So the next song is my... Uh, you can also skip like 47 seconds into it. It's like an intro type of thing. Is this? Oh, wait, this is still that song. Yeah, so this next song is kind of my favorite Blink song, but it, it isn't. Um, <laughs> feeling this is. It's an amazing song. It is, again, supersonically different. It is very spacey for them. Um, hmm. This is another song on the album where Tom went through like seven different lyrical versions. Mm. Um, this is like space recordings, of course. Um, I think, you know, the song is about like being in a spaceship or something. And, but I I think it's like an allegory to being on tour type of thing. Okay. Uh, I love this song. Every Blink fan loves this song. It's just like 40 seconds of this. (laughs) Okay. It's the first collab (laughs) with SETI at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very synthy. Sounds yeah. Heather, your feelings on space. <laughs> Hate it. So you know, his vocals sound super nasal. Like this is like quintessential yeah. Tom vocals. And I just love this shit. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. You love when your favorite band is being your favorite band. <laughs> yeah. This is definitely where the album gets weird. Okay. Um, where it gets more spacey, where the first half you're still like, wow, sonically so different. And it goes different again. So like the synthiness at this at the beginning of this... And then the next song is like an 80s inspired, kind of like new wavy punk song. Interesting. So, and then it keeps going from there, but this is like, it starts pushing into a different territory here. Yeah, I really like this one. I've never heard it before, but immediately really like it. 
And this is all Tom. There's no Mark on this one. Tom kind of mm. takes the back half of the album, um, interestingly. Uh, which is also interesting because he had just written a full album on his own oh. for a boxcar racer. Mm-hmm. Um, but he really takes the back half of the record. Tom was like at his, this was Tom's peak. Like Tom had the two year run of those two albums and it was an amazing run. Wow. Am I remembering that Tom recently sold his music catalog? Yep. Tom just sold... Tom, I think, has sold his publishing twice. Actually, that's not accurate. Uh, I've been told he is going to sell it, um, but he has to finalize his divorce first. Ah, okay. He did Um. sell part of his publishing for $25 million a couple years ago. I'm just curious about this as, like, Someone who works in the industry, like, do you only do that if you need money? Why would? Why do you do that? So we're in a really interesting time of venture capital money. Please in tell me. Tell me. <laughs> this so, is the shit I want. <laughs> so we're on. Um, we're in this path where record labels, publishing masters, are selling for ten times or more multiples of their yearly value. Yeah. So that's where you get Bob Dylan selling his catalog for $300 million. So Bob Dylan might have gotten a 20-time return on that. Yeah. Wow. And for some of these artists like Bruce or Bob Dylan or whatever, even Tom, you have probably hit or have way hit the precipice of your career. Yeah, absolutely. But there's never been more money in music. And the other big thing was it was political. This this craze started uh, literally right before Biden took office, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of fear about the capital gains laws changing. Got it. Oh. So Bob Dylan sold his catalog or announced the sale of his catalog literally days before the end of 2020 for capital gains reasons, <laughs> but. The capital games laws have not changed, and so the madness is still going. So if I'm Tom DeLonge and I can sell my publishing or my recorded music yep. for 20, 50, whatever million, that's probably a good investment Yeah. at this point. Yeah. Got it. So this song is always, this is that kind of more new wavy one. This ended up being the final single on okay. the album it wasn't meant to be and we'll talk about that soon oh okay Ooh, wow. all right teaser teaser um but everyone loves this song fun song all tom again mark only has background vocals on this harmony um great song super bass heavy it has uh two dueling bass lines that mark recorded hmm. uh, yeah so that's a cool song they shot a music for video for this in Australia, on tour down there. That's my encyclopedia knowledge. <laughs> I can't believe I'm about to say that this Blink-182 song is pretty. That feels weird to say. I mean, not to me and Zach, it doesn't sound weird, but I understand I, from you, it's very there's weird. Something, there's something for everyone. It's for, for me, who's like used to... A album called Take Off Your Pants and Jacket and that stupid Christmas song that I'm still mad at. 
I played yeah. uh, on Memorial Day. I played Happy Holidays, You Bastard, for my <laughs> wife. So, uh huh. I'm sure she loved it. <laughs> Is Memorial Day mentioned in that song? I don't remember. No, it's it's Labor Day. Ah. Uh... Fair enough. I'll be I'll be playing at them too, though. Yes, yes <laughs> as you must. It just I happened mean, to line up with Memorial Day. Fair. There'll never be a summer party when I'm in a pool where I don't play. We built this pool for people, so you know. <laughs> uh, Zach, do you have a preference for Mark or Tom songs? Sorry if that's a Sophie's choice. Yeah, <laughs> you're asking a biblical question. I, I, I know. Sorry. So, I <laughs> I think I, br- I broke Zach yeah. a little. <laughs> I made, I got into Blink when they broke up, mm-hmm. which was which was just um, eighteen months after this album came out. Yep. Oh, I didn't realize it was. So so let bad. me tell you, okay. peak TRL Blink was a great time to be into Blink. And all the um, everyone blamed Tom. Because you, I think because my hamster Bo- naming was indicative. Because Boxcar Racer created this riff, and then Tom was like, "I lost my mind." Oh, Tom had a Tom had a herniated disc, mm-hmm. so he kind of got somewhat addicted to painkill. Like he was just kind of wacky. Yeah. So everyone blamed the like breakup on Blink, including me. Hmm. So I love all of these songs, but yeah. I was always I rode hard for Mark. Yeah. In recent years, I now ride hard for Tom because I think the Skiba shit is whack. It is. And and I love Elkline Trio, but yeah. And I think Tom kind of gets proven right almost always. I'm not he saying keeps he's getting not, proven right. I'm not saying he's not insane, but like, yeah. dude, uh, Courtney. Kardashian just married Travis Barker, so I think that's probably more insane than anything Tom has ever done. Yeah, but Travis just doesn't talk that much, so he just like doesn't take heat. Is the is why mm. he like is just quiet, and so I feel like that's why he can fly under the radar and not get that label. Yeah, so this is easy target. This song is structurally um, written like feeling this. Okay, it is Tom singing like it's a trade-off vocal where it's like feeling this feeling this that's what i wanted that's what i wanted yep. uh and then the chorus is like trade-offy stuff so hmm. i think this is like a lower down song for people on this album but i really like it i i uh mark did like a um twitch stream through this album recently and he said that like part of this song has to do with like bad religion and stuff which was just like cool background i didn't know yeah um this is also like more of a hard like 182 song yeah yep wait sec i don't actually think i know this what are your feelings on blink albums after this one through modern day I, i count neighborhood as a blink album well, and I just is. think that two Skiba <laughs> albums are not Blink albums. Like, I the first one, California, I think is pretty good. But like, 
I know for money reasons, obviously, you can't. If, if it was a side project, yeah. I'd be like, this is cool. Yeah. Um, I think that album is pretty good. I think it probably gets worse with age, where I think Neighborhood mm. actually gets better with age. Interesting. Uh, Neighborhood is now kind of, especially for people my age, like, no, that's a good Blink record. Uh, honestly, I haven't listened to Nine and Full. It's not very good. There's the one song, right? What's the one song? Uh, Let's see. Uh, Blame It On My Youth. I like that song. Um, I like that one a lot. I like California, but I, your point is valid, I think, as a Blink-182 super fan. Nine, I think I listened to it in full maybe twice, but I think Blame It On On My Youth is a good song, but beyond that... Honestly, the most impressive thing about California was how successful it was. Dude, and they did it came out of really well. Fully came out of nowhere and just built, did it. Built this pool. Uh, no, not built this pool. Uh, <laughs> whatever Please. the single is, no. "Bored to Death." Bored yeah. to Death is like a great song. It is, yeah. Oh, okay. Who, who do you think this is, Ramsey? Morrissey. Uh, Robert Smith of The Cure. Oh, yeah. Norm. Yeah, you were. So this is, you know, so. The Cure was Mark's favorite band. Hmm. And Robert Smith's daughter at the time, her favorite band was Blink. That's okay. a crazy collaboration. Yeah, I never would have guessed that. So this was supposed to be the final single on this album. And M. Night Shyamalan was going to direct the music video. What the what fuck? And this was like at the peak of... That was good. That was at the peak. <laughs> you know, that that was at the peak of M. Night Shyamalan. So it would have been a pretty big deal, Robertson. The, the village? To, oh, pre-village. Pre-village. It, yeah. was, it was then. Yeah. Um, and then Robert Smith came out and performed this with the band at Wembley Arena. And then at shows without Robert Smith, Mark would sing his voice because their, their vocal tones are much closer. Yeah. And I think Mark wrote Robert's part. Got it. Okay. But this uh, is a great song. They... It's cre- It's kind of creepy. Oh, it didn't happen because I broke up. Oh, that would do it. Oh. Also, yes. Uh, yeah. This was post signs pre the village. <laughs> oh, post signs. I forgot about signs. Yeah. I never forget about signs because I constantly reference it as I leave water glasses everywhere. Yeah. I like this. It feels like the cure. Wow! Did we just? Did you just make Ramsey like a Blink One Eighty Two song? <laughs> that's a that's a miracle. It's a pretty good song. This is Cure like One Eighty Two. I refuse. Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. Um, I would like to. It's just a little like. I just don't connect to it. Sure. Like, I'm glad at this point I don't like Morrissey, but that's, like, a similar one where, like, I just yeah, don't... Sure. Where, like, I just I, don't connect to it. Sure. I am not trying to stir stuff here, but... Okay, You guys made reference okay. to... Uh, Multiple canceled earlier. bands? Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, is that because he did something in particular, or merely just, like, replacing somebody with somebody else? Replacing. It's not fun. He didn't he's do kind anything. Of a, he's kind of a shithead. Okay, this is Zach's personal beef. <laughs> no, he's kind of, yeah, people do kind of think he's a shithead, but it's it's just, it's the replacing more than anything. Okay. 
I didn't know if he like announced I am the greatest guitarist Blink-182 no, has ever seen no. or something. Well, some. well Blink, both, all, all two of Blink-182's ever guitarists are <laughs> very bad at playing the guitar live. Fair. <laughs> I'll say, however, that Tom DeLonge has wrote the most iconic pop-punk riffs ever. So, he just isn't particularly good at playing them live. I see. Which is, in, it, it, that is very funny that they are not good at playing them playing guitar live when Travis Barker is like an absolutely insane drummer live. And you know, Mark's a good musician. You know, like... Solid. Yeah. (laughs) But like, that's what you want, right? You want your crappy pop-punk band. I do. I absolutely do. You want to see the scenes. The the thing with Skiba is just like, again, it should have just been a side project. Yeah. The issue is... Mark loves Mark wants Blink-182 that is all he ever wanted that was the issue about Boxcar Racer it's a it's a Mm. 20 year old issue he only ever wanted Blink and I think there was a lot of spite towards Tom when it broke down for the second time and he was just like fuck it I'm not doing another side project I'm doing Blink yeah makes sense I see yeah so this is the second to last song on the album. This is a Mark song. It's the only um, pure Mark song on the second half of the album. Um, solid song. Again, this is probably one of people's more bottom songs, but I like this song a lot too. I like every this song. Though. Primarily, we're a podcast about publishing rights. So do they share writing credit on everything or do they uh, split it? I don't know. Okay. Um, I would imagine in this era they were. Yeah, I mean, I'm just clicking on here's your. Yeah, letter. these are all three written by yeah. all three. That's what I think. Yeah, okay. so they do. I, I don't know if they were splitting equally. If, um, you know, I worked with a band uh, who sometimes weighted the lyric writing as a little heavier, but every member still got a cut. So if one member wrote the lyrics. They would get more together. They would get more. It always depends. It's it's not a science. Like I manage a punk band called Knuckle Puck. They just split everything equally. Um, I managed a band called Sorority Noise. The singer wrote most of the music, so he got most of the publishing. But all the members did get some of it. I see. Yeah, even on Dude Ranch, it's li- everything's listed by uh, written by yeah. all three members, and, and that makes sense to me in a in a punk way. Like this is how these guys grew up. Yeah. Um, and then on the later albums, they used songwriters for the first time. Oh. So no, no, no Blink One Eighty Two album or side project until uh, until California had the influence of outside forces. Uh, yeah. So like the first song on Blink's last album, Nine, has one, two, three, four, five, six writers. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I hope nobody yeah. got paid to write Quarantine, my least favorite Blink-182 song. Uh, let's oh, see. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, three people. Also, Three you don't get, it. just so you know, you don't get paid to write a song. You only get paid if the song streams, basically. 
Oh. So like, so like, you don't get paid to be one of the writers. You get paid in publishing. So let's just say you get five percent of quarantine.、Oh. You get your checks quarterly from your performance rights organization and from your publisher. I see. So if I write like the, not that there's B sides anymore, but I write some song that nobody ever streams for a band, I still don't. I don't see that money. That's correct. Unless you have something on the master side called a point, but that's a little complicated for you. Gotcha. Well, and Ramsey, <laughs> the guy who co-wrote "Quarantine" with them, your favorite song, also co-wrote "Havana" by Camila Cabello and "Work from Home" by Fifth Harmony, and a bunch of、that. other insanely, insanely popular pop songs. So he's doing okay. He wrote "Quarantine" and "Work from Home," which "Work from Home" is oh, maybe he caused this.、Sorry. I think the fix is in. Yeah. <laughs>、uh, so this is the final blink. This final song of the album, this like was a very emotional song for me growing up. <laughs> is this because it's like the last true Blink? No,、song? it's just like a like a it, it it is the most love. It's more of a love kind of like yearn song than I,、um, I miss you is. It's for Tom's wife, I believe,、uh, ex wife. Ex wife. Um,、uh, mm. uh, you know, she has a really interesting. She's like an interior designer that kind of. Buys places and renovates them, and you know that whole thing.、Uh, so this is a really long song. We don't have to play the whole thing. It's six and a half minutes.、Um, it's like this, and then it kind of does the chorus endlessly. But again, this is a song like Blink never made. Right. And th- this song really, I would say, was a jumping-off point for Tom's next band, Angels and Airwaves.、Mm-hmm. So if you listen to this song and then started the first song of the first Angels and Airwaves record, you're like, oh, I get it. If you listen to that song about space and always and this song, you can see where Tom was going. Yeah. And the shame is the two side projects that came out of this, Plus Forty Four and Angels and Airwaves. Their Angels and Airwaves only made. Sorry,、uh, Plus Forty Four only made one record, which is amazing, fucking record. And the first Angels and Airways record is also fucking great. So it's kind of torture for Blink fans to be like, man, if they had done these songs together, yeah,、hmm. what what would what would we have had?、Uh, you might find it interesting, Ramsey, that Mark's next band after the breakup included Travis. Where、oh. Travis being in a band with Tom is what kind of forced Blink to break up originally. Is Tom is, is that was Travis just like he's just like Switzerland or what? <laughs> yeah, he was kind of, and then and then before Mark and Tom made up the second time or even the third time, Tom and Travis were always kind of cool. Yeah. Who, which of the which of the Blink Boys did Angels and Airwaves? The Blink、Tom. Boys. Okay. Yeah, and the first record's awesome. Second record has some really good songs, but it's much more like experimental, weird. No editor. The, the other thing is is that for Enema of the State,、um, Take Off Your Pants, Blink,、uh, like Untitled. Boxcar Racer and the Plus Forty Four album.、Um, Blink had one producer, or Tom Mark had one producer. This legend named Jerry Finn, who also did Green Day and Sum Forty One, and total legend. He passed away before Blink got back together. Yeah. And 
he was the, he was really the fourth member of the band. I see. And so not having him there for the reunion record, you'll you'll never know what was missing. Yeah. Hmm. Makes sense. Zach, what is your your second favorite Blink album? I think that more depends on the day. Sure, that's fair. Um, probably Enema. Maybe Take Off. Dude Ranch would be my like fourth. Yeah. Uh, but I love like I love Dude Ranch. Sure. I'd yeah. say my fav- my second favorite is probably Boxcar Racer. Sure. <laughs> and then fair. maybe plus and then maybe the plus forty four record. Yeah. Like I can sit like I know I'm a fanboy, but they had to me one of the greatest runs of all times of albums. Dude Ranch, Enema, uh, Takeoff, Boxcar yeah. Racer, Untitled. Uh, we don't need to whisper when your heart stops beating. Like as a collective, they have yeah. seven albums that everyone loves, and that's yeah. hard. And also, it was seven albums in under ten years. That is crazy. Like that's, that's wow, yeah. crazy. It's yeah. really, it's really crazy. And while I was heartbroken that they were broken up, and my excitement when they reunited was insane. <laughs> um. I am always very grateful that we got a run like that. Like, even, yeah. like, Death Cab, right? Death Cab had, like, three amazing albums in a row. Right. Like, it, it's hard to do, like, just yeah. endless. Like, you know, like, Blink, Brand New. Like, there, there are, like, Jimmy Eat World, maybe to some. Like, there aren't that many bands where you're, like, yeah. seven albums straight, guys. No, there, almost none. <laughs> it's, it's really strange to hear it in this con, like, through this lens because I'm immediately thinking of like the Beatles breaking up having that run but then people also piecing together like oh if th- you take this from this solo album and this from this solo album oh what a what would this have sounded like as a Beatles album that sort of thing yeah that's exactly kind of the vibe and those were the sick seventh grade message boards I would comment like 300 times a day in this <laughs> message in this forum dude I was so obsessed I still know it, it was an incredible place. Billy Eilish's photographer is from that forum. Uh, hmm. Two members of Knuckle Puck, the first band I ever managed, were on yep. it. Another photographer, like it's so wacky. Uh, we're all just idiot, like twelve-year-olds. Okay, so I want you to play one more song. Okay. You should maybe pause it. Okay. <laughs> what a band! I want you to play. What a not- band! <laughs> I'm frowning right now. <laughs> Uh, I want you to play Not Now. Okay. So Not Now is a B-side. There were two B's. So when they broke up, uh, Interscope quickly released their greatest hits record, which is a, which is platinum on its own, right? Which is kind of crazy. Or two times wow. platinum, I think. So, you know, greatest hits is just all the greatest hits, but it includes two B-sides. One is a song called Not Now, and the other song is a cover of a song called Another uh, Girl, Another Planet. Um, so Not Now is, in my opinion, Blink-182's best song, and it's probably in reality tied with me for feeling this. Okay. This is, this is like the other, other song that the vocal, the lyrics change a lot. Everyone, this is like a God song for everyone. It is, they couldn't finish it in time to get it on the album. Hmm. Um, it is also another clear sign of where Tom was going, and it would have fit so well on the album 
it's criminal that it is not on it. Um, but this is an amazing song. I do like how when we started this, Zach was like, do we have to listen to all the songs? And now you're like, also, could you play an extra song? <laughs> well, I, th- I think this is important context. I, lo- I love it. I yeah. love it. So, <laughs> knowing that this could be a favorite. Yeah. It's very, like, introspective type of song. I mean, it does sound right in line with the rest of the songs on this album so far. When you say they didn't have time to finish it for the album, did they finish it bef- then before they broke up, or was this like yes, producers they finished doing it? Bef- I think they finished it like right after the album. They were going on tour. They were way past deadline. It was like a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, th- you said they spent a year writing this. <laughs> they spent over a year making the record. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. How did this do, as since this was a change in direction for them, how did this do in comparison to previous albums? I think this is their... Sorry, so this is their most critically respected album. Period. Um, I think for... So I'm 29. I think for people that were born in the early 90s to later, this is your favorite Blink-182 album. Yeah. If you're old like Heather and were born before 1990, then Enema. Thank you for the broad range. I appreciate it. (laughs) Then Enema or Takeoff or Jude Ranch is your favorite album. This album also, I mean, every the the last three Blink records are sonically still so good. Like Enema of the State could have been made now sonically. Like it's so impressive. They made that thing in two weeks. so this is their most critically beloved album. There's a whole new, there are now whole new, new, new generations of Blink fans. And this is the best one. And I, I think the different thing is like, when Dude Ranch came out, everything sounded like Dookie sounded, right? And there wasn't like pop punk albums that sounded like this. So I think this is also your like coming of age album in a lot yeah. of ways of, of maturing, like getting into this record while sonically different, was much more of a gateway drug into bands like Brand New and Take Back Sunday and Manchester Orchestra, where I wouldn't have gotten there if I was coming from Dude Ranch. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and I mean, and, and that's interesting because that makes sense because when I like when I got into Enema, like I was saying, I was in middle school, so I still had a long time <coughs> of other bands before I I got into the more mature sounds, and this one like just missed it by a couple of years for me because. I was already into the bands you're talking about at that point, but I'm just older than you. So that makes makes sense. Like, I progressed from Enema because even when Enema came out and I was listening to that, like, I, I definitely had heard Green Day, but, like, that was still... I was really little when that came out. So, like, I knew it, but it wasn't, like, my punk album necessarily. And so, like, that's what Enema of the State was for me. Wait, what year was that? You said 97? Uh, uh, Enema was 99. No, oh, 99. I was in ninth grade. Like, that is perfect hmm. timing, you know, to, like, get into Enema of the State, honestly. Yeah. I yeah. did really like that song. That was great. Yeah, that was really solid. It, I do wish that had made the album. Yeah, me too. I feel like, I mean, a, a question we, we wrap up with, which I'm sure you remember, Zach, is if this has changed Ramsey's viewpoint positively or negatively, but I feel like we already know the answer to this. I feel like... We have shockingly moved the needle on Blink for Ramsey. 
I unfortunately can't give an answer until I know about that kid with the boner in class. So. <laughs> no, we're not going. No. Because well, I wait, feel wait, like wait. that may inform my uh-uh, decision. Uh-uh, no. Heather, what if I come back okay. and we do the Mark, Tom, and Travis show? Okay. <laughs> but we just do the outtakes. Perfect. He'll love it. <laughs> that really also like changed my life. I heard things that I had never... I remember mm. getting it and I put it on, you know, we had like one of those like mountaineer SUV type of thing where it had like a DVD player or whatever in the back. Yeah. But it could also like play CDs. When I had just gotten it, I had to like get it off eBay. The band was broken up and it was from 19, Ooh. it was from 2000. Yeah. And I put it in and it just, I didn't know what was on it. <laughs> and so With Ramsey, your parents in the car? Just my, just my boomer dad. And so, <laughs> so Ramsey, I'm, you know, I'm like 12 and, um, it's a live record of Enema of the State and Dude Ranch songs, but it includes all the live banter that they were doing in their sets, which was, you know, like you go home and you put Skippy's peanut butter on your dad's balls type of stuff, mm-hmm. you know? I see. I mean, iconic. Okay iconic viva la bam type shit yeah the the stuff you uh, pay money to see them for my dad looked back at me and i'm like one i'm like oh my god my dad's hearing this and two i'm like oh my god is this what it is (laughs) and then he's like he goes am i gonna have to take this away from you and i go no and i took it out of the cd and then then, like coveted it in private yeah of course yeah ramsey you've had to learn a lot about Bam, jackass. You've learned a lot on this podcast. I hope it's really it's, expanded your horizons. I was, I, was never a, I was never a jackass guy, oddly enough. Well, um, I am... We So we did a CKY episode, and I am a jackass stan. But Bam... So Bam was... I'm more of a Johnny Knoxville person than a Bam person. So, um, I mean, I like, I like Bam, too. I like CKY, but... Uh, I'm team Johnny Knoxville here. Um, I got to say today that mm -hmm. I didn't before today, I did not realize that Blink-182 had a mature period. (laughs) Uh, And I'm very happy to know that. Like (laughs) this is way better. And I I think you would, I mean, I don't think you would like the side project albums, like the plus 44 and angels and airways, but you could not deny that it's like so much more mature. Plus 44 is much more building on this record where it's still, punk rocky but it's elevated yeah and angel and airways is much more like well, spacey and thoughtful am I remembering, and grandiose yeah, ramsey has seen angels and airways <coughs> in concert somehow and every time it comes up i'm flabbergasted well of course Opening you have Weezer, maybe 100 percent correct <laughs> nailed it <laughs> at, at, at mad at madison square garden with tokyo police club were you there too? Did, could we have high fived? I was there, and monumentally, that was the same week that Travis Barker's plane with DJ AM crashed, oh which God. led to Blink reun- which that led to true. Blink reuniting. Wow! I was somehow a part of their reunion. I, I had floor seats. I I met Tom DeLonge that night. I didn't meet. Wow! Greet. Wow! Uh, what year was I, this? I've met Tom. Th- it was. It would have been two thousand eight. Okay. Okay. Um, I think the show did very poorly because Weezer <laughs> is not that big of a band. 
Um, Not in the year 2008, certainly. I met Tom this summer before two at Warp Tour that Angel and Airways were on, and I cried. I handed him a CD of Cheshire Cat because I thought that would be cool. And he he looked at me and goes, haven't seen this one in a while. (laughs) Uh, That's exactly what you want. That's the perfect reaction. And then I had just the, the interaction of my lifetime recently, a couple years ago before COVID, Angels did, a, Angels did a tour that my friend was the drum tech on. Ramsey, I own a donut and coffee shop in Philly. Ah, um, uh, yes. So I brought my friend donuts, and he was like, you want to stick around and try to meet Tom? And I was like, he's not here right now. And I was like, no. Like, the longer I was there, I was just like, I got to get out of here. Um, <clears throat> but I was talking with their guitarist, which was really cool. I, you know, I was like, this is cool enough. Thank you. And Tom like storms in and this backstage venue in Philly is cool. There's all like gadgets and shit around, including like a um, TIE fighter. That's a Star Wars thing, right? It sure is. With like, a, I think they have some kind of laser, you know, something. And it basically out of its like shooters, there's like this laser shooting at, right? And I'm standing. So the red laser is like on my heart. <laughs> and Tom doesn't say hi to anyone. He walks in and goes, watch out. You're about to get shot, you know, like, <laughs> and, um, and then walks over and was like, what's going on with these donuts? And my friend is like, oh, my friend Zach has a donut <laughs> shop. He goes, he's like, which one is the least sweet? He takes it. He's like, I hope this doesn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> he, he walks away, turns around after everybody's like, it's good. And like, <laughs> it was 45 seconds yeah. less. Incredible though. I was I was on high for like... That's so cool. Um, that was perfect for me. Yeah. Um, I've never met Mark. Uh, I've never met Travis, but my company has done a lot of work with Travis now. So my management partner met Travis. We manage an artist called Nothing Nowhere that mm-hmm. has done a lot with Travis. And then I don't know if we've done anything with him for Meet Me at the Altar, which is another band that we manage. But... Hmm. Um, we also have a label, a, uh, a business relationship with Electra Music Group, where Travis has his label of Jaden. So all the same people that work on our label work on his, and there's a lot of. I was at Jaden with them. Yeah. Oh, the other week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that where you got COVID? No, I definitely got COVID at, at Turnstile and Citizen. Oh yeah, S- same label. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> Are they famous for having COVID? <laughs> Unrelated. Unrelated. I'll let Zach Unrelated. not say anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so I, I, I'll meet Tra- Well, actually, it's funny. I feel like the Kardashian thing is such like, who knows? I mean, if they have a kid, he's American royalty. Literally. <laughs> Like, it got me yeah. to, this got me to start watching the Kardashians. I never have seen an episode of the Kardashians I, in, my, in my life. Too. I'll just send you a synopsis every week if you want, because um, I'm watching it every week now. I now I'm like, God damn it! Now this is happening to me. <laughs> it's fine. I like them more after watching the show, but I think that's it. Ramsey, do you have anything else? Any closing notes on how you now love Blink One Eighty Two? I I do kind of feel like my world is somewhat shaken up because <laughs> every, we started this show basically partly because of pup being too loud but because also because you hated adam's song because i hated adam's song since high school yeah and now i've learned a new wrinkle in their catalog i'm I'm gonna have to wrestle this for a little bit okay well zach thank you so much for 
coming on the podcast again. Um, uh, we'll have you back for something. What did we say? I already Definitely forgot. Not those, I'm not listening to those outtakes. I'm not <laughs> doing that episode. No, no, no. no. We, I mean, said, we said would, Dude Ranch. I would we do Dude Ranch. I would do Plus 44. I would do Angels. I would do Sub 41. It's okay. You're you're our new uh, you're our category expert on Blink One Eighty Two now. That's all. Right. Right. Look, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm a little too copy, but I feel like I had a lot of not. Does everyone you come did. with the knowledge I have? I come with. Um, no, I've this... only called a subject matter expert in one other time, <laughs> and it was for Alkaline Trio. <laughs> Who was that? David Anthony. Oh, wow, nice. Subject matter expert on. Alkaline Trio, but I would definitely call you a subject matter expert on Blink-182. That you. is for I sure. I like, I mean, I listen to this album a, a good amount, but, like, it's funny that I can just be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I read this Wikipedia entry eight hundred times. Yeah, 20 years ago. Um, oh. Well, Zach, do you want to plug anything? I know you don't want people to find you on the internet, so. <laughs> uh, if you live in or around or visit the Philadelphia region, um, yes, plug that. I own a donut and coffee shop called Hello Donuts in the greater Fishtown neighborhood, which is really close to the Fillmore. Yes. Uh, where Tom DeLong saved me from a laser attack. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you're the donuts old, are good. I've had them. If you're an old head like Heather, yep. I manage Kevin Devine. Yes. We're, we're touring and stuff, and we have a great new album out. If you're if you're a youngin, uh, I manage young music. <laughs> true, true, that is true. Uh, but just eat some donuts. Yeah, they they are good. That's good advice. Um, Ramsey, how about you? Uh, you can find me at ramseyess.com, and that'll link you to everything I do. Heather, how about you? at Heather Shea S H A E. You can find all of our socials and everything on if you're listening com. Um, we or just dot got com. that dot com. <laughs> yeah, just got that we finally old got it. dot com um, URL, uh, and you can find our Patreon over there as well. Bonus episodes twice a month. You want them? You that's how you get, get to them. vote oh, on yeah. future albums. I think that's it. We love you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.